Hurricane Ian may be the deadliest storm in modern history, but that doesn't stop old Joe from making a political statement. Kamala Harris is an idiot and may lead us to World War III with her stupid mouth, and it looks like Europe is shifting to the right. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hope you had a great day. I hope everyone in Florida is doing okay. Um, there is some more news about uh, the tropical storm Ian. It's no longer a hurricane. It's now considered a tropical storm. It was downgraded last night. Uh, winds are still rather high, but n- low enough. It's lost its form. It's expected to pass over the Atlantic, where it may strengthen into another hurricane. Now, the problem is that the the Atlantic... Not the problem, but the good news is the... Um, Atlantic water is a lot cooler, so it may not strengthen too much. It's heading to South Carolina right now, so they are preparing. Uh, is just passing, according to the maps, is just passing the northeast tip of uh, of Florida. I'm going to cruise along the coast, the Atlantic coast, for a little bit. Two million people are without power. And it could be as much as a week before the power is brought back. Uh, now, if you look at the film for the, de- the devastation is amazing. It's the hurricane actually uprooted a freeway. Um, there are sharks. It the, the storm surges are so heavy up to 18 feet that there were sharks in the middle of the freeways. Um, there was one picture of a, I guess it was a sea lion or a, a walrus walking down the street because it didn't know where it was because it, the water had just subsided and he didn't get back to an ocean fast enough. Search and rescue has started has started working. They're working with the National Guard. Um, they have thousands of trucks, communications trucks and fire trucks and everything. They were all stationed and ready to go. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's passed. Now they say... There was one comment today that was walked back that that hundreds could be dead from this whole thing. I would be surprised if no one died in this in this in this deal. I mean, it was just that horrid uh, uh, a storm. But we'll have to see. Uh, there are no numbers on it thus far. The president hasn't been. The president and the governor both said they they didn't know have any numbers. So it might be a little bit especially now that they're actually going through and they're rescuing people. But the number of calls that were made into the authorities, they said was in the thousands. So we're going to have to see. But Joe Biden uh, was speaking in FEMA headquarters. I believe, I don't think he went to Florida. I believe this is the FEMA headquarters in uh, Washington, D.C. And of course, he had to take a shot at the oil and gas industry for raising prices. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's just listen to him make a political statement. I also want to say again to the oil and gas executives, do not, do not, do not use this storm as an excuse to raise gasoline prices or gouge the American public. The price of oil has dropped in recent weeks. The price of gas should be going down as rapidly. It's not. My experts inform me the production of only about 160,000 barrels a day has been impacted by this storm. 
That's less than 2% of our country's daily production. Its small and temporary impact on oil production provides no excuse, no excuse for price increases at the pump, period. If a gas station companies try to use this storm to raise prices, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask officials to look into whether or not price gouging is going on. America is watching, and the industry should do the right thing. I expect them to do the right thing. This guy is such an a-hole. Uh, the reason he's bringing this up is not because they're raising gas prices. They will raise. They will raise gas prices because Florida is underwater. No, he's bringing this up because they've been raising gas prices for the last month or so. Ga- oil has gone up. The stock market is crashing. And gas, I know in the cheapest gas pl- station I have by me, it's gone up 60 cents. It's going up over all over the country. And I believe he's saying this. He's basically yelling at the sky. They're not listening to him. But they're probably going to raise gas prices again. Because, yes, it's only 2%, but it's still 2%. And gas, gas is going up anyway. Oil's going up anyway. Now we're producing less oil. It may only be 2%, but then again, back east, where are they getting their oil? How much of the oil are they, they, they use back east? That's going to be the question. But the reality of the matter is he's yelling at them not because they're going to raise it. They're, he's yelling at them because they did raise it, and they're probably going to raise it again. And he's pissed off right before an election. Well, screw him. Very cynical. This was almost a, a campaign speech here, trying to act tough. Well, don't act tough. Today, yesterday, or tomorrow, I never understand the time zone thing with Korea, but Kamala Harris went to the DMZ between the North and South Korean borders. Um, and she's there because North Korea has been shooting down missiles into the Sea of Japan, and she's trying to calm everyone down and make it look like the United States really gives a crap about South Korea, which we probably don't. Uh, as you can imagine, she made a speech, and in the speech, she screwed it up. So, here she is. So, the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. Oops. That was a screw-up. I mean, the Republic of North Korea has been telling us they're going to nuke us for the last 15, 20 years. So, probably they're not a, an ally. Yeah, she meant South Korea. As you can imagine, there will be a p- apologies. As a matter of fact, right after the speech, she went out, stood and looked over... North Korea from a balcony or from a, some sort of elevated position and talked about the evils of North Korea and things like that. So she did try and walk it back. But I got to tell you something. This broad, she's going to take us to World War III with that stupid mouth of hers. And there's a very good chance she's going to be president by the, end of, by, the end of the, uh, by the end of this year or beginning of next year. So this is just absolutely incredible how dumb she is. And in one more piece of news before we get to the main stories today, congratulations to Aaron Judge. He finally hit the 61st home run. He ties Roger Maris for the all-time single-season home run record, and I consider it the single-season home run record when he hits number 62 
because I don't give a damn how many uh, Sammy Sosa hit. I don't give a damn how many Barry Bonds hit. And I don't give a damn how many Mark McGuire hit. Those guys were all on steroids. They were all cheating. So I really don't give a damn what those guys have to say. So congratulations, Aaron Judge. One more home run, and you can be the new home run king. All right. Let's go. So Europe is going conservative, it looks like. Poland, Hungary, Sweden, and Britain have all elected conservative governments. And people are pretty happy. Well, Italy has joined the party. They have their first female prime minister named Giorgia Maloney. You can tell she's a conservative because, listen to how the media reacted when she got elected. Now, I do want to mind, I do want to remind you of something. Italy was a socialist country. This is the first time they've had a conservative running the party. I can't even remember, but it's been a socialist country for the longest time. A socialist based. I don't think they really implement socialism. Implemented socialism. But we can tell they don't like her. And we can tell just by listening to their reactions when she got elected last week. Or a couple days ago, actually. So, let's listen. Voters in Italy tomorrow appear poised to make a hard right turn. The woman expected to become prime minister leads a party with roots in neo-fascism. The hallmarks of Italian fascism, like this motto. God, fatherland, and family. A far-right political party whose roots go back to post-World War II neo-fascists. Far-right political party whose roots go back to post-World War II neo-fascists. Roots in Italy's post-war fascist movement. Roots in Italy's 20th century neo-fascist movement. Maloney herself uh, was a, a hardcore neo-fascist militant. It's stunning because of Italy's disastrous history, the last time a hard-right party rose to power. The most far-right government in that country since Mussolini. Most right-wing government since Mussolini. Since Mussolini. A red flag if there ever was one, says Edith Brooke, a renowned poet and Holocaust survivor. Italy about to see the country's most right-wing government since World War II. Most far-right far right, far right government since World, World War II. Since the end of World War II. Maloney's win will probably send alarm bells throughout Europe. You know, it's alarming to a lot of people around Europe. Italy is revered for its history, but not all of that history is beautiful, and many fear that one particularly ugly chapter could soon repeat itself. Did you get that? God, country, and family is fascist. I've talked about fascism before, and it is not a far-right concept. It is a far-left concept. In fact, many Italians back in the 30s and 40s, when Mussolini was running it, called it lazy socialism because it was just on the tip of socialism except the country didn't control the means of production. Matter of fact, Hitler was a socialist. The Nazi Party, the National Socialist uh, Party, or National Socialist Party, that's what it means. So I, I'm ad-libbing there, but that's what it means. Don't forget, Hitler was a socialist, and he became, he switched to fascism because it seemed to work better in Italy. Fascism, socialism, same thing. These guys, I bet you, you, couldn't, you could ask them, they don't even know what socialism, they don't even know fascism is. Okay, fascism is an economic system that allows pri- for allows for private businesses to run, 
while being heavily regulated and observed by the government. With that being said, who is the fascist in this country? Is it the free trade? Is it the free trade Americans that want the government out of everything? Or is it someone who wants no regulations whatsoever? Or is it the president that we have right now that wants to regulate the crap out of everything to the point that businesses can't even work? Hey, I mean, they want regulation so heavy that you're fired because you didn't get a shot. So you tell me, who's the real fascist? Anyway, so they, they had they played the speech. They played that speech in the um in the uh, in the media's hissy fit. And they heard her screaming and every well, here's the speech. Let's listen to the speech. Now I'm going to play it in the background. It is in Italian. So you're gonna have to kinda listen to it. And I'll just read it. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to understand it unless I read it. So here here it is. Please answer me these questions. This is about what we are doing here today. Why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There is a single answer to all these questions. Because it defines us. Because it is our identity. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy. For those who would like to no longer have an identity. And to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity. They attack religious identity. They attack gender identity. They attack family identity. I can't define myself as an Italian, Christian, woman, mother. No. I must be citizen X, gender X, parent X, one, two. I must be a number. Because when I am only a number, when I no longer have an identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave for at the mercy of the financial speculators. The perfect consumer. That's the reason why. That's we why we inspire so much fear. That's why this event inspires so much fear. Because we do not, we do not want to be numbers. We want to defend the value of the human being, every single human being, because each of us has a unique genetic code that is unrepeatable, and like it or not, that is sacred. We will defend it. We will defend God country and family. Those things that disgust people so much, we will do it to defend our freedom because we will never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of the financial speculators. That's our mission. That is why I came here today. Charleston, or Chesterton wrote more than a century ago, and she's looking for the notes now. She can't find it. Fires will be kindled to testify that two and two make four. Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in the summer. That thanks that time has arrived. We are ready. Thank you. Now, did that sound like a Hitlerian speech? Did that sound like she was cursing anybody? All it sounded like she was doing was saying, hey, we're not going to do this. We're not, I'm not going to say I'm not a woman. Does that speech sound like something the media should be blowing up on? They did. They absolutely did. 
Well, let's go into her a little bit, okay? Here's what she's against. She's against the use of, of gendered pronouns. She, she's against the, the 50,000 different pronouns thing. She's against transing kids. She's against gay marriage. She's against adoptions and surrogacies for same-sex couples. She's against gender reassignment for people under 18, mind you. People under the age of 18. What you do when you're adults is, is what you do. She opposes abortion. She opposes euthanasia. She wants to control immigration, both legal and illegal immigration. I don't know if you know, uh, you know this. She's basically a nationalist. All right. Now, let me say something about nationalism first. There is an opposite to nationalism. It's called globalism. Okay. Nationalist. Every time someone says nationalist, they, they put white in front of it and suddenly it becomes a racial thing. I'm a nationalist. I believe in country first. I don't think we should be worrying about Ukraine. There are certain things I do not worry about outside of this country because it's my country. I think we should be spending... Joe Biden is giving another $16 billion to Ukraine. And you know, I'm sorry, he's got some deal going on over there. He's laundering money or something. But he's giving another $16 billion to Ukraine. You know what a nationalist says? Why don't you just keep the money here and let's spend it on something we need here? Instead of spending $16 billion on Ukraine. That's a nationalist. Then there's the globalist. The globalist believes in the world community. And what they basically believe is there should be a government, uh, a heads of freedom, a head of a, a globalist world. Guess where? Located in Davos, Switzerland. The UN is considered a globalist deal where the whole world gets together and we're supposed to listen to what they say. I don't believe that. I don't care what the UN's got to say. I don't care what the World Economic Forum's got to say. Well, she doesn't either. She's a nationalist. So she um, wants to she wants to control immigration. Italy does have a all of Europe actually has a huge illegal and legal immigrate legal legal immigration problem. There are way too many people from the Middle East. And, and crime is way up. So there's this push to stop letting people into the country like that. Um, she's deeply Christian. She believes in the need for the nuclear family. And she believes it should be defended. And that the nuclear family is defined as a man, a woman, and children. That's what the left calls fascism doesn't sound like fascism. It actually sounds like exactly what this country was built on. It is when someone disagrees with the left that it's fascism. I believe in Christian morality. I'm a fascist. I believe in limited, and limited immigration and closed borders. I'm a fascist. That's what they say. You know what? Well, not only am I a fascist. But I'm a homophobe, homophobe, xenophobe, sexist, racist, blah, blah, blah. Here's the problem the left is really having. They've run these words into the ground. They're overused. Now, the only reason this is worrying is, the, um, is that we are becoming a bureaucratic state. And those bureaucracies are being weaponized. IRS, FBI, DOJ, hell, the EPA. They're being weaponized and they're making laws. They're making determinations on what happens. 
And in the case of the IRS and the FBI and the DOJ, they're actually targeting people who do not agree with them. And guess who they're targeting? Right-wing Christians. Remember we talked about that guy earlier? I think it was earlier this week. We, Yeah, we talked about it on Tuesday. Right-wing Christian anti-abortionist did nothing wrong, gets arrested, and is now facing 11 years in prison. Do you think that that might be a uh, political arrest? Yeah, pretty much. By the way, that's fascism. All right. Well, let's take a look at the opposite. Let's take a look at a leftist. So this gal is named Jacinda Ardern. She's the prime minister from New Zealand. She has always been a little tyrant. And the pandemic really brought that out of her. During the pandemic, she had some of the harshest restrictions in the world that caused protests and riots. They were so harsh. She locked people down. They couldn't even leave their houses. She closed businesses and schools. And she did this for years. She separated families. She wouldn't allow citizens to enter or leave the country. Some citizens of New Zealand were stuck in Australia for more than a year because they couldn't back, couldn't see their families or anything like that. She did this all this stuff for two years, and to a small extent, it's still being done today in New Zealand. Well, guess what? An election's coming up, and she's going to get smoked in it. She's going to get absolutely killed. Nobody likes her. And apparently... Saying they're saying a lot of mean things about her on the internet, so she has an idea of how she how we can fix this so that not only are mean things not said, but then opinions can be suppressed and she can win her election. So let, let's listen to this. She's talking here at the UN. Uh, I think it was Tuesday. Let's listen. This week we launched an initiative alongside companies and nonprofits to help improve research and understanding of how a person's online experiences are curated by automated processes. This will also be important in understanding more about mis- and disinformation online, a challenge that we must, as leaders, address. Sadly, I think it's easy to dismiss this problem as one in the margins. I can certainly understand the desire to leave it to someone else. As leaders, we're rightly concerned that even the most light-touch approaches to disinformation could be misinterpreted as being hostile to the values of free speech that we value so highly. But while I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge, I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. After all, how do you successfully end a war if people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal but noble, how do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? The weapons may be different, but the goals of those who perpetuate them is often the same, to cause chaos and reduce the ability of others to defend themselves to disband communities, to collapse the collective strength of countries who work together. But we have an opportunity here to ensure that these particular weapons of war do not become an established part of warfare. In these times, 
I'm acutely aware of how easy it is to feel disheartened. We are facing many battles on many fronts, but there is cause for optimism because for every new weapon we face, there is a new tool to overcome it. For every attempt to push the world into chaos is a collective conviction to bring us back to order. We have the means. We just need the collective will. Okay, that's a Hitlerian speech. All right. Now, mind you, she's talking about how to filter misinformation and disinformation. How do you filter misinformation and what? Well, better yet, how do you define misinformation and disinformation? Well, according to her, it's whatever you, whatever I, you agree with when you agree with me, whatever I think, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. Whatever I think is true is true. Anything that goes against what I think is misinformation and disinformation. And she says it several. What about climate change? Okay, well, what about it? We can't fight climate change if, if they don't believe it exists. Okay, no, but we can have a discussion about it. No, just get rid of those people. And see, th this, is a, this is a very scary speech because when she makes it, she doesn't quite understand. There's going to be a point where people are just going to ignore her and they're going to say whatever she wants. And then what's she going to do? arrest them? That's when you enter fascism. That's what these people do. That's what they're doing in the United States with this, this poor bastard that just simply protected his son from a, a, a left-wing nut job. Didn't even hurt him. And he's looking at 11 years in prison. That's a political prisoner right there. Whenever someone doesn't like, whenever a little tyrant doesn't like what people say, then we need to restrict them, control them, or imprison them. And this gal, she's done that. This is a woman who used to lock people away because they had COVID and then keep them there for a month. This woman is a horrid, terrible human being, and she's going to lose the she's going to lose the election because the people in New Zealand cannot stand her, and they're probably going to end up right wing. They're probably going to end up with a right wing government also. But this is the kind of stuff that should scare you. What Maloney said, she didn't say anything bad. She said, God, country, God, country, family. That's what she's running on. That's all she believes in. And this is something that we need to worry about or we're calling a neo-fascist. This is a neo-fascist. This broad, this, uh, what's her name again? Um, this uh, Adern, Ardern, she is the fascist. She is the tyrant. Okay, well, I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. V visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and visit my, I haven't told you about this, but go to Rumble. I've got a bunch of new videos posted and I'm going to post a couple this weekend. I hope you have a great day. This is Gene and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.